Hola mi gente and welcome back to another episode of Sister Mom's Podcast. I'm so excited for today's topic. This is something that is deep rooted in la cultura latina. So get your cafecito, tu tecito, and join us. Cheers! Alright, today Ceci. I have um, kind of like chamomile. Ca- chamomile. Camille. <laughs> Camille. I was going to say manzanilla <laughs> or chamomila. Chamomila. Sorry, that's what I was trying to say. All right. So let me tell you about what brought this topic. Um, I am working with um, social workers. We are trying to do a SEAL lesson, which is social emotional lesson for high school students. It's African American month and we were trying to um, select a topic uh, that we could actually um, interact with. And one of them was Afro Latinos. Um, And I think it's valid for us to talk about the fact that we talk about racism, um, inequalities in general as living in the United States, but sometimes we forget how ingrained this racism and colorism is in our own culture. Yes, very, very. Um, And we see it every day, we try to ignore it, but um, for example, Hay que mejorar la raza. Uh, o, trajiste raza. Mm-hmm. Uh, o, ay, mira qué bonita esa niña con los ojos claros y la piel blanca. Mm-hmm. But you hear, mira esa negrita bien indita. Mm. Ay, no. Uh, my grandparents, my grandfather had blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And was very fair skin. Yes. He, but he had. He was fair skin. He was fair eyes. skin, and his blue eyes were amazing. And my grandmother was darker skin and dark hair. So it was kind of like, ay, mira que guapo tu abuelo. Ah, tu abuelita bien morenita. You know, it, it was mm-hmm. one of those situations where you're just kind of like, Or kind of like none of the uncles got um, the uh, blue blue eyes of grandpa. So there's always like those little sinks, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, that we throw our way. Uh, For example, our middle sister, um, there was a time when she was growing up that she was wearing baggy clothes yep. and listen to a specific kind type of music and my mom would always tell her no me vas a traer un negrito because of the music the type of music she listened to or the way she dressed the way she dressed sometimes they would say things like mira pero ese, ne- pero ese negrito trabajo es trabajador oh yeah they would question if he was a good worker or not so those are very ingrained um, societal 
Yeah. Racism. To be honest, my mind, I would hear those things at home. Like, you know, we would watch Cristina or whatever. And in my mind, I didn't know that was racism until I started learning in school what racism was. And I was like, holy crap, my mom's racist. <laughs> I would be like, shit, my mom's a racist. And the microaggressions that happen based on our own experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, with me growing up in El Salvador, we did not see people who looked or carried the um, black or African descent people in in El Salvador. Everybody mm, was city. brown. Yeah. You know, some people were darker, some people were um, lighter, but usually the features were very native to the indigenous people in mm-hmm. um, El Salvador. So I grew up learning that we had mestizos and I grew up learning about the fact that only the Atlantic coast of the Americas Mm-hmm. or Central America to be specific. Cristóbal Colón came and went to now the island of um, Haiti and Dominican Republic. And then they moved into the Americas, to the Central America. And then they brought the enslaved people mm-hmm. to the coast, but too expensive to move them to the Pacific coast. So if you're not familiar with El Salvador, El Salvador does not have an Atlantic coast. We only have a Pacific coast because the country on top of El Salvador is Honduras and Honduras is the one that has the Atlantic coast. Okay. Okay. And our, as you know, Central America is full of volcanoes. So what we were told, you know, growing up, in history class, we learned that the Spaniards were here, they came, they conquered, they brought sickness, you know, they killed the, they enslaved the natives. A lot of the natives died because of the sickness the Spaniards brought. Yep. They raped the women. And then, you know, it's just, um, it became a melting pot. And so right now, you know, the historians say that El Salvador is a Central American is the Central America's smallest country, but is the most densely populated region, with 94% of the population consisted of mestizos. Mestizos is a mix of native indigenous people with whatever um, other nationality from the Europeans, you know. Okay. It doesn't necessarily only have to be Spanish, but uh, it could be German, it could be... Because a lot of other people from Europe came during that time. So, But 94% of the population is pretty much mixed. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find us as being one race. And then I think there's about 5% of the native, uh, native population left in El Salvador. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it was genocide. Um, so that's something that is... It, so El Salvador is kind of the... Although it's the most um, smallest, 
it is the most racially mixed population in the Western Hemisphere. Well, yeah, I always wondered why some of us look so different. Like, I look like I'm from the Middle East. Exactly. And then there's some of them that look so European. And then there's some that look very Native American. Like, I, no one could tell me anything about our history. No one can tell us exactly where. So now I know we're mixed. We are mestizos and it's 94% of the population. And listen to this, we're the most racially mixed population in the Western Hemisphere. I mean, that is a big deal, meaning mm -hmm. we're like sopa. <laughs> yeah. With all the, all the ingredients. Um, so... As I grew up, I, I read a lot of um, encyclopedias or books, and it was always talking about the indigenous, the Spaniards came, they conquered. We don't have an Atlantic coast, therefore we don't have black Afro, Afro um, descent. Mm -hmm. And that's very interesting because I grew up you know thinking the same thing i didn't think they were ever both like black people in el salvador ever um i think one time that i started questioning about them being black people in el salvador was when i asked mom about great grandpa on her mom's side and she she would tell me it was it was basically when I was starting to my curly hair thing. Mm -hmm. And I asked my mom, where did our curly hair come from? Cause I was like, not like we have wavy hair, but my texture is changing. So I was like, where did it come from? And I was like, grandma was curly, really dark hair. And she goes, yeah. She's like, you know whose hair I really loved growing up? She was like, was my grandfather's. So I was like, great grandpa. I was like, he had curly hair. She's like, yeah, tenía murufo. And in my mind, I was like, Murufo? Like, I was like, what is that? So I showed her a picture of an Afro and I was like, like this? She goes, yeah. She said, wow. that was great. She was like, that was my grandpa's hair. And she's like, and then they would cut it and I would save little pieces of it because it was so different. And I was like, hold up. I said, you're telling me my great grandpa had a fro? <laughs> I was like, this is beautiful. And that, that's when I started questioning. Do we have Afro-Latinos in El Salvador? Like, well, let me tell you about Afro-Latinos <laughs> in El Salvador. Let me tell you. So she's so excited. With I this, am guys. so excited about this because my um, my friend taught me something that I think it just blew my brain away. So we're working on this presentation on Afro-Latinos, and we're talking about how Afro-Latinos feel that they have to either be black or be Latinos. But then if they're black, they're not completely accepted by black people because they're not African-American. And if they say they're Latinos, they're not welcome into the Latino culture because they are black. So. You know, um, we, I, I was doing a lot of research on this and, and kind of their feelings and how they have grown up feeling, you know, 
disenfranchised they don't see themselves in the latino channel if you see yeah in novelas in novelas there's um, bar- now they're starting to bring some out but before never they were all european like mexican that are light-skinned and and one of the things again with you know the conquistadores and the genocide the Spaniards way of integrating us or kind of getting rid of el color negro was Mm -hmm. to kind of mix the races and here in the United States they did not deal with that um, in that manner here in the United States is kind of like we're gonna keep you separated Mm -hmm. so in the United States it's kind of you're either black or you're white how can you be Latino and black? Like it doesn't oh, so. register because oh. in, in Latin America, you are to eliminate the darkness. You bring in the whiteness and you keep getting the generations lighter and lighter. Exactly. Okay. So, um, and you know, it's so funny because Salvadorians will tell you that Why? in their country, that El Salvador is the only country in Central America that does not have a black population. Yep, I heard it my whole life. And I was one of those believers. But this is not altogether correct. For over four and a half centuries, the population of El Salvador has mixed its bloodline so completely into one multiracial society that the remote African origins of some of its citizens are unknown. So that means that we had ancestry that was Afro-descent, but we were not previous to that history. And let me tell you why. They erased it. They erased it. You're kidding me. So I literally just guessed y'all. I just guessed it. (laughs) So I don't know if you guys are as shocked as I am. I I mean, I'm so excited because I feel, you know, um, our prejudice within our culture is so deep ingrained that if you are listening to this conversation and you start thinking differently, it's a plus for everybody. Um, So, you would, Salvadorians will tell you, nunca llegaron los negros. Nope. Se quedaron en el Atlantic Coast. They stayed in the Atlantic Coast. Because we don't have Atlantic Coast, we don't have negros. They never arrived. But this is a myth. Because, so let me tell you. In 1933, there was a dictator called Maximiliano Hernandez Martinez. He excluded the entry of African descent people into El Salvador and prohibit any black people to enter El Salvador and he erased the history any history 
that was left wow. for those Afro-Latinos or wow. Afro-Salvadorians. Believe it or not. That is crazy. Isn't it? I am so, you know, Afro-Salvadorians. This is ridiculous. I didn't read any in, in the history books. I didn't read anything saying that they committed genocide. It was more a situation where the way they erased it was to keep mixing. Wow. You know, they're marginalized. They were erased. I mean, it was they were genocide in the sense of we want to make sure that we mix it so well that we can hide it. Um, Little do we know. Little did they know. We want that. We need this history. It is crazy. I mean, it's like, it, it, the you know, the Afro descendants just eventually began to mix with the general population. And, you know, resulting in a race called mulatos that's how they used to call them but these mulatos were you know worked in plantations and haciendas and agriculture textiles some of them became you know workforce they were forced to work and and in el salvador i mean think about how we believe if you're lighter you're prettier you're prettier, you get higher up in the job force, you're more likely to get hired or wanted because you're light-skinned. And that is, um, that is how ingrained racism in our culture is. And, it is. And it is, you know, like the stereotype and, I, I mean, okay, so I, I need to tell you guys that if you didn't know this, please do some of your own research because this is so, amazingly for me my whole learning experience has been challenged on a conversation that I was having with a good friend and he kind of opened my eyes to say listen you need to research this because people who were enslaved were everywhere they were all throughout the Americas in some places there were more mm -hmm. and they were isolated and they you know they had colonies like in Honduras? Yeah, like Honduras is known for having Morenos. I think Panama. It's the coast, it's Belize, it's, um, you, you're gonna find these colonists in Honduras, in Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Uh, mm -hmm. Costa Rica, Panama. It's just all through but Central America. for some America. reason, El Salvador was the exception. But now we know we were not. And it was effing erased. I mean, yeah, that's it, crazy. It is crazy. I would, um, I would recommend for you to read La Herencia Africana en la Historia Salvadoreña. And this was written in La Prensa Gráfica, actually. Mm. Um, so look it up. The whole story, but also it tells you about how the African influence in our culture so with this in fact i actually interviewed my father after i had this conversation with anna and learning all of this i knew i had to take this to my dad because he is such a history buff he wants to know so much and he loves to learn so i took the article that anna was talking about and i had my dad read it and 
I got to interview him on his perspective on how he took to that information. So please join us while I interview my father. It will be in Spanish because he is more confident and much more comfortable in Spanish. I will summarize at the end what he is explaining. I also do apologize if you live in a household with a lot of people and siblings or your mother just doesn't like to listen, you will be hearing a lot of sounds in the background. My mom definitely disregarded that we were <laughs> making a little interview. Hope you enjoy. Okay, papi. ¿Cómo está? Muy bien, ¿cómo estás tú, hija? Bien, aquí. Te felicito por esas bonitas publicaciones que estás haciendo en, en iPad. Uh, me gusta. Y estoy aprendiendo mucho de las historias que ustedes ponen en inglés. Porque a pesar de que estudié inglés acá, hay muchas cosas que a mí se me han olvidado y que me cuesta... Eh, contestarlas. Sí, claro. Quizás eh, el 75% del idioma lo entiendo en su mayoría, pero me cuesta expresarme en muchas cosas de la historia que tienen componentes y escrituras diferentes. Exacto. Por exacto. eso te agradezco que lo hagamos en español. Gracias, papi, por estar aquí con nosotros. Um, yo, claro que le di el artículo que acabamos de terminar de leer juntos. Ana y yo hablamos sobre un poco del conocimiento del, de lo que Ana sabe más. Y hemos todo hecho una discusión que en El Salvador no había negros, como dicen. No habían morenos. Esa historia no existía. Nosotros decíamos que no éramos morenos. Éramos mestizos de indígenas o éramos españoles. Nada más. No había nada que somos afro-latinos. Cuando usted estaba en la escuela, ¿qué le enseñaron a usted? ¿Qué se acuerda usted de la historia que le, le decían a usted del Salvador? Cuando yo estudié la primaria eh, en la ciudad de Mexicanos, que fue donde yo me, prácticamente me crié, es un municipio que pertenece al departamento de San Salvador. En la primaria eh, de historia de El Salvador no tocábamos la mayor parte de, solo de que procedíamos de españoles y de indígenas. Eh, no se nos mencionó absolutamente nada de, de la procedencia y de existencia de, de africanos o negros, como le llaman. Se nos habló nada más de que la población indígena procedía desde eh, de la era de los indios pipiles, que fueron los que fueron dominados por los españoles, y de ahí comenzó la esclavitud de los, de los indígenas a través de los españoles, y que después eh, se fue convirtiendo el mestizaje entre españoles e indígenas. So, no, nunca había mención. Nunca se nos mencionó uh, sobre esclavitud negra 
ni inmigración negra que viniera de África, tampoco de árabes, de chinos, como dice el artículo. Eh, nada más la historia que después nos inculcaron fue la de la Segunda Guerra Mundial y toda esa fue parte de programas de educación. Okay. Cuando ya llegué yo a, a estudiar lo que le llamaban el plan básico, an antes de poder aspirar al bachillerato o cualquier otra carrera que se necesitara para el ingreso a la universidad, ahí se nos mencionaba nada más de la, en la historia todo lo de la Revolución Francesa. Yo no sabía, hasta hoy que acabo de leer, todas esas historias que se ven de la esclavitud negra que, que existió en nuestro país. Así es que sí conocí personas negras uh -huh. durante mi niñez. Recuerdo haber visto unos cuantos negros que eran vecinos nuestros, pero ellos, según me decían a mí, procedían de Honduras, porque oh. a, la, a las costas del Atlántico Norte fue donde llegaron la mayoría de los negros que se asentaron en, la, en esas rivieras. So, si, alguien si usted vía a alguien negra en El Salvador, usted decía, ah, inmediatamente, él es de Honduras. Él es de Honduras. Y ah. si le preguntabas, te decían, yo soy de Honduras. Como el caso, yo recuerdo del profesor Don Julio, que era nuestro vecino, siempre que nos encontrábamos, nos saludábamos, él y su familia todos eran procedentes de, de Honduras. En ese entonces yo tenía como unos 10 años. Uh -huh. Y muy amablemente, unas buenas personas, yo no digo que no, pero sí eran, eran de color oscuro, sí. negro, como le dicen. ¿Y qué tipo de trabajo? Si, si usted se acuerda que tenían... Ellos, ellos trabajaban más que todo en la construcción. Los que yo conocí trabajaban en la construcción, uh -huh. trabajaban en, en la agricultura, pero vivían bien, tenían su propia tierra, su casa, eh, su familia. Las esposas trabajaban en, en, en cuidando el hogar, cuidando sus hijos. Sus hijos iban a las escuelas. Lo que sí recuerdo es que eh, en la, en la ¿Iban escuela, a las escuelas con ustedes? Con nosotros. Ah, so era integral, no y como era, en Estados Unidos que era todo separado. No, 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 allá todos íbamos a la misma escuela. Oh, okay. Lo único que sí existía que algunos de los muchachos, compañeros nuestros, nos burlábamos de ellos. Uh -huh. Porque tal vez éramos más, más claros, uh -huh. la piel más clara. Algunos otros eran blancos que les decíamos como se le llama en El Salvador, se le llaman cheles. Sí. El, el, si tú eres el más apel, blanquito. El apelativo, si yo soy más, uh, más, más blanquito, me dicen chele. Uh -huh. y, y si soy morenito, más oscuro, me dicen moreno. Uh -huh. otros, otros le dicen negro. Entonces, es la única diferencia. Uh -huh. Ahora, la otra cosa de la que sí yo vine a conocer hasta que ya estaba aquí en los Estados Unidos, que trabajé en, el, en la Embajada del Salvador, uh -huh. a través de un compañero de trabajo, él 
nos contaba la historia de que sí en El Salvador existió una matanza de indígenas. Yo me, me quedé sorprendido porque dije, ¿cómo es posible que nosotros eh, en todo este periodo... A mí me encanta y me gusta estudiar, eh, leer mucho de la historia, de las culturas, pero yo nunca había escuchado ni había encontrado un artículo como el que acaba de presentarme Vicky, donde menciona la matanza de los indígenas y de la ley que había eh, promulgado General Hernández Martínez prohibiendo la entrada de los negros a El Salvador. Al final, ya llegando al final del artículo, dice que había una matazón de esos negros. Tampoco me di cuenta ni supe hasta ahorita que lo estaba, acabo de estar leyendo en tu artículo. Igual que, que los indígenas, eh, cuando vino eh, un sindicalista, creo que era Esquino Lisco, un sindicalista que apoyaba un movimiento indígena, que por cierto lo mataron a él después que regresó de aquí de los Estados Unidos, wow. vino a una conferencia que dieron en, en el sindicato AFL-CIO, no recuerdo si en 1985-86, él vino, participó, estuvimos conversando, pero él sí era un dirigente indígena y era de rasgos indígenas. Eh, no me acuerdo el nombre exacto, solo el apellido, Esquino, Esquino Lisco. So, ¿Cómo siente usted sabiendo que esta parte de su historia, de su país, lo han negado? ¿Cómo se siente usted sabiendo que eso es lo que hicieron? Yo me siento mal, me siento mal porque ¿cómo, cómo puede ser que las autoridades eh, pudieron eh, esconder toda esa información que era parte de nuestro legado cultural y que nunca se nos hizo del conocimiento ni tan siquiera ni en la escuela primaria ni en la secundaria ni mucho menos en la universidad cuando a menos que tal vez será aquellos que se graduaron en historia pero yo no, no, no creo que no entiendo pues por qué razón nos hicieron, no nos hicieron comentario de esto. Ya empecé a recibir clases con una profesora de origen argentino y tenía una asistente salvadoreña que me invitó por primera vez, como yo vine en julio del 82, el 11 de noviembre de 1982, se celebraba el aniversario, el Día de los Veteranos, aquí en Washington. Y esta, esta asistente me invitó a que fuéramos a presenciarlo. Para mí era la primera vez que yo asistía a una actividad de esas. Y nos, en, ellas en, nos encontramos ahí, en el grupo, apareció un, un muchacho con su hijito en, en brazos ya un niño como de unos tres años quizás 
Y entonces la sal, lo saludó a ella y le dijo, hola, ¿qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? Y ella le dijo, caramba, tiempo de no verte. Y este niño, el niño era negrito, colochito, muruso, como le decimos. Negrito y le dijo, ah, este es mi hijo, le dijo. ¿Cómo? ¿Negro? Le dijo ella. Sí, le dijo que mi esposa es morena, así. Y ella le dijo, ya te paseaste en la familia. Vas a llevar a este negro al Salvador. Ahí es prohibido. Hasta ahí me di cuenta yo de que, y le pregunté por qué razón es prohibido. Y me dijo, ah, porque el general Martínez prohibió el ingreso de negros al Salvador. Pero eso fue hace años, en el, en el 33. Ah, pero todavía existe, me dijo. Y entonces me recordé y dije, ¿cómo es posible que los prohíban si allá hay chinos, hay israelitas, hay judíos? Y entonces tenemos diversidad de culturas y ¿por qué a ellos se les niega el, el acceso? Y esa es la pregunta que todos tenemos, papá. ¿Por qué en cualquier país o en cualquier lugar... ¿Por qué hay este racismo contra una persona más negra que otra? ¿Pero qué le diría usted a esas personas que todavía tienen ese pensamiento? Especialmente esos salvadoreños que están allá diciendo Ah, no, la gente negra, no, la raza, no, tal. ¿Qué le diría a usted ya sabiendo esta información que tenemos? Yo le diría que en primer lugar eh, conozcamos eh, nuestra procedencia así como yo lo acabo de saber ahora en, eh, quisiera que los demás eh, compatriotas y personas de todo el mundo se busquen en la historia a lo mejor los rasgos que ellos tienen también proceden de esas mismas raíces por lo tanto no, debe, no debemos de tener discriminación contra las personas por su origen, por sus rasgos y por su color. Aparte de nuestras raíces indígenas, también hay que, hay que analizar nuestras raíces negras. Como lo dice el artículo, desde 1528 existe la, la población negra traída por los españoles en Centroamérica. Okay. Por lo tanto... ¿Escucharon? Tenemos ancestrales africanas, ¿ok? Y todas mis afro-latinas allá, hay afro-latinos salvadoreños. Y estén orgullosos, ya que tu historia ya se está poniendo disponible y esperamos que abre los ojos a esos que todavía los tienen cerrado a esta historia. Y no, no, no nos uh, apenemos de nuestros rasgos ni de nuestro color, al contrario, nuestra sangre es muy fuerte y es rica en sabiduría, en amor, comprensión y sobre todo, salud. Amén. Amén. Wow, Daddy, gracias por estar aquí con nosotros y dar su opinión en esta historia. Me encanta tener esta oportunidad con usted. In summary, my dad was very, very shocked to find this information because he grew up as well, like us, understanding that there was no history. 
he explained that they only taught about the Spaniards, the indigenous, and how it became mestizo. He explained about how he encountered his first um, black-looking person in El Salvador, and it was his neighbor. He was 10 years old, and they were from Honduras. And I asked him, you know, what kind of occupation was were they known for? And my father let me know. They're known for field work, construction. He's like, they didn't do anything professional. Another thing he said was that he read about all of these people that, especially the, he read about them and they never ever spoke about how he erased their history and how it is important to know this. He also talked about his experience about how when he was here in America and took him to D.C. to like a President's Day or Veterans Day parade and literally they encountered a friend of this person who took my dad and that person saw their other friend's children and was like, wow, your children are black. And he goes, yes, my wife is black. And she goes, well, you know, that's forbidden. So my dad was kind of like in shock to know that people still of the audacity of how people were trying to still incorporate this rule that was done years ago that no one really followed anymore. He also let everyone know that we need to embrace this information, that those who are still thinking in the olden times, we need to embrace this. We need to be happy that we finally know a little bit more of our history, of our ancestry. We need to be proud of this. And we need to join together in this and say that we are strong individuals and that this runs in our veins and our blood and we are so happy it does. The, the reason why sometimes we stereotype, we shame others is because we're not okay with who we are or we don't understand who we are. Mm -hmm. But when we are strong, rooted people, we know our heritage, we know where we come from, we are better for it. Because then we are not going to bend. We are going to grow. I um, agree. That's so... Um, let's keep remembering that we are beautiful, that we are proud, that no matter if you are, what type, what sh shade you are, yes. what texture of hair you have, you are beautiful. Yes, you are. And you can say you're Afro-Latina. You don't have to choose. You can live in both worlds. You can be black and Latina. There's no separation of both. Um, you are not to choose one or the other because you are who you are. And that's the beautiful thing. How amazing. And for us um, Salvadorians, please go and, and do some reading about our heritage. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. We really appreciate it. We hope that you guys join us next Wednesday. Bye.